welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and two comedians adventure through the 80s movies we love and love to hate. And this one has it all. Babies, Little People Aplenty, Devil Dogs, Val Kilmer's Long Luxurious Locks, Trolls That Turn Inside Out, Two-Headed Dragons, and Old Lady Lightning Fights. This is episode 31, Willow. A movie selection from 1988. From the creator of Star Wars. From the director of Cocoon. A world is awakening. Why, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? It's a dangerous world. That's why we need your help. Your journey has just begun. Willow. Heroes come in all sizes. But adventure doesn't come any bigger than this. Find the child. Find the child. We are not afraid of you. After Can I confess something right away? Mm-hmm. You know the line, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. Yeah, from Monty Python and the Quest for the yeah. Holy Grail. 100% thought that that line came from Willow somewhere. Because <laughs> there is a line in Willow where something similar is said. But I remember watching uh, Holy Grail with the kids the other day and the line was dropped and it's like, wait a minute. They stole that they from stole Willow. That from Willow. <laughs> but you also watched Willow. Those time bandits. <laughs> you I also did. watched Willow with I the did. kids. I did. I did watch Willow with the kids. Did they like it? No. Hmm. No. All right. Well, that that voice you're hearing, that third voice that you haven't heard before, that is uh, our guest. For this episode, that's Dorian Lenz. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, also director of National Comedy Theater, improviser, and what have you. What else have you? I don't know. I think you you said it. Hmm. And husband to Chrissy. Oh, right, right. <laughs> that's the other thing. We are not brother and sister. Uh, and, uh, of course, Nathan Blackwell is here. Hello, everyone. Hello, Nathan Blackwell. He's even wearing a Phoenix Film Festival t-shirt, so you know he's a legit filmmaker. Guys, I'm taking this seriously. <laughs> uh, and I'm Chrissy Lenz, also director of, of NCT. All right. Willow. Yes. Was this a movie you guys liked as kids? I remember loving this movie. <laughs> I remember loving this movie, too, and then never watching it again for 20 years. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. kind of the pattern. Yeah. No, but I did have I did have highly preconceived notions of this movie being great. But I guess you're right. I never it's saw weird. it again. I, yeah. I, I, and that's the thing. It's like watching it is it totally enjoyable, but it's just... It's not quite as sticky or not quite as deep as, you know, the things that it was unfairly or fairly compared to, which is from the creator of Star Wars. Right. You're like, from the director of Cocoon. Mm -hmm. You got a lot to live up to right away. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's not that it's not trying. I mean, I think it's really swinging for the fences. Yeah. And it's got a lot of good world building. and, And there was not a lot of fantasy movies you know in the 80s or even in the 90s you know well there's like there's crawl there's willow there's legend with tom cruise and there's labyrinth really kind of low rent yeah super low rent usually foreign productions and then and then like george lucas who you know who kind of who did star wars a lot of people considered to be a adaptation of fantasy now actually 
doing fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of expectations on it. I never liked this movie. I always found it too gross. It is kind of gross in some ways. There's there's just too many gross things. And the way I feel about Val Kilmer is troubling to me. So we'll there, talk about that. Please expand. It. It's, it's, it is kind of a, a, an entertaining movie, but there there's there are some layers and some questionable things. Like the hero like pouring like a, a giant cauldron of boiling oil on people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all the, I mean, it makes it feel real, but there's a lot of racial slurs. Oh, a lot. There is disharmony among the different creatures of this world. Um, All right. So we're just going to go chronological. Um, Oh, and there's a lot of good, uh, there's a lot of good IMDb, like trivia facts about this movie. Uh, It was nominated for two Academy Awards. It was one for visual effects. Yeah. And cinematography. Sound editing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. Uh, All right. So there's a prophecy. Never a good thing when there's a prophecy about a baby. No. It never ends well. It's never like, here's a prophecy. There's a baby who's going to create a new kind of souffle recipe, and it's not going to hurt anybody. (laughs) Uh, So there's a baby who's going to bring down the evil queen, Bavmorda. Am I saying mm. that right? Bathmorda. Uh, who, I don't know. who dresses yeah. exactly like the evil queen from Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Wait, which evil queen and from Disneyland? The, so the, she's got an evil kingdom. Yes. But you get the sense that it, she's not the ruler of all the land. That there's right. like competing com- countries and, and people who are fighting against her. And she's kind of like the country that has a powerful evil wizard in charge and it's her magic that has kind of tipped the scales it's kind of culty you know so she's either like like a sauron or like or like a a saruman right so she's in her Mm -hmm. little isengard her little mordor Mm -hmm. running around making trouble in the shire yes i believe isengard would be more correct okay (laughs) but yeah and then there's people who who look kind of like rohan (laughs) yeah you know they look very much like the writers of rohan um or gondor or whatever the the realms of men right who are Mm. in this world called anglo-saxon dikinis right that's what they called the tall people like anybody Big humanoid. humanoid tall people was daikini. And then the they're brownies and fairies. Right. I guess boys are brownies and girls are fairies. Is that the impression you got? Well, I, I, I bet there's girl brownies. It's like the fairies flew they, they and then they're and luminescent. And, and then the, the brownies are just tiny people. Yeah. And they're not really, they don't really have magic. No, no, they're they're basically tiny people. Yeah, the only magic they had, they stole from the fairies. I bet there's female brownies. I'd like to see one. I want to see one. Like I would like to see how they use big people items to create jets and and mm-hmm. and cars and things of that nature. Like in the future? Like no, like like gadget <laughs> and, and, okay. and iPhones. <laughs> not, uh, and then the the little people are called nerflargs. Nerflargs. Nerflers. Nerf herders. Nerflings. I thought that was too on the nose. Harflargs. What are they? Did anyone write it down? I'm looking. But the the mean slur everybody calls them is peck. Yeah. Which is really mean. I don't know if it was an inspiration. I should have done my research, but you know. So um, our our main star, of course, is Warwick Davis. Yes, and uh, I just had third, a brain for you. Third build, but he yeah, is which is the, ridiculous. The titular character of yeah, this movie, and if you and if you didn't have him, you wouldn't have a movie, you know? right? And then so he was on um, the Return of the Jedi. Yep. You know, that was his first kid. I mean, he was a kid then. He was 17 in 1988 when they made this movie. Yeah, like, he and he looks like an adult. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, but it, um, and so Lucas saw something special in him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this is kind of like Lucas, like Star Wars was his Flash Gordon. This is his Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, they're very hobbity in a lot of ways. Um, 
they're a little meaner than the hobbits. They've got a pit they throw down. They throw people down. Yeah. <laughs> as their as their like go to solution for disagreement. Oh, right. Gonna have to throw someone in that pit. Right. Who's gonna be? Um, My they, favorite was when they were looking at the bones. Like that, he was like, oh, "Let's." Oh let's, yeah, Billy Barty. That yeah. was yep. that was great. Let's check the bones. Yeah, and I I really liked the that bones guy. Bones tell me nothing. <laughs> It was a great moment. There were there were a couple of great moments of true like authenticness. Yes, you know, you know. Sometimes with like action adventure movies or kids movies, you can kind of just run right over, you know, any kind of unique personality or authenticity. Mm -hmm. And it's nice when you get kind of real moments of character. And I felt like there were like Billy Barty, who was the the old kind wizard, you mm-hmm. know, who's kind of the shaman, really. He had a couple of those moments to yeah. where, you know, he's like, let us listen to the bones. And then he says to Willow, the bones tell me nothing. Right. Do you have any love for this child? Like, mm-hmm. that was a good moment. And, it was. And, he, and then Willow confesses he does. And then, the bones have spoken, yeah. you know. <laughs> the bones are bullshit, kid. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do? But yeah, so... But well, but that that sort of ties into his theme, where he's like the question he asks when he's going to decide if he's going to choose an apprentice is uh, which finger holds the power to change the world, right? And he's holding out his own fingers, right? And of course, what he wants is for Willow to choose his own finger. So this is like that same thing echoed back, which is like you have the power to change the world. Your choices. It's not the magic. It's it comes from within you. You might even Willow. say he has some kind of magic force that flows through him. Binds everything together. Okay. I'm going to make so, Star Wars references. <laughs> Sorry. So, Bav Morda has, like, somehow had the power to just declare, like, oh, an evil baby or, like, a good baby that will kill my evilness. Get every pregnant woman, just round them up, put them in a cage. There's, like, six of them. Baby inspections, please. <laughs> yes. and then Where's the baby inspection department? <laughs> they're having the baby. So that she has the baby, and they're like, does it have the thingy on its arm? Yep. Oh, good. Like, I bet I'm it glad was, we didn't I, have to wait too long. I bet you it's not all pregnant women. I bet it was like it, the baby was supposed to come at a certain time, and so it's like, well, these ladies are due. Around. So she just had a, like a, a she grouping. Had, she had her evil OBGYN go yeah, around. And like, right. There was a, a, an evil expectation of like <laughs> what was the, the birth range of when the baby was supposed to arrive. Yes. So they find the baby. Because logistically, like, I mean, it's a whole kingdom. That would just right. be crazy. Well, then, and that's like that's assuming that it's every Daikini woman in her like if in Isengard, right? But she would also have to go to Rohan and Gondor, and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna make nothing but Lord of the Rings references. You make Lord of the Rings references. I'll do Star Wars. Okay. There's definitely some Bible references. Nathan, in here you want to do Harry Potter? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll feel it out. I can so, do Dungeons and Dragons. They find the baby, and immediately the lady who's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's the baby." She's like. We'll get this baby out of here. And the right. lady's like, no. We'll put, please? Oh, okay. She just <laughs> walks out with it in a bundle of laundry. And everyone, no one is even a little bit like, keep an eye on that baby. Right. Keep an eye on it. Yeah. Uh, nope. Baby just escapes. Gets eat, the, the lady gets eaten by dogs. And the baby gets moses down the river where it lands in Willow's Creek. Right. Which is like Dawson's Creek. But there's less. Joey Lauren Adams? That's not the name of that person. Mm-mm. Joey's the name of the character. Yep. The woman's yep. name is... You're just both staring at me blankly. Never mind. Forget my Elwins. Dawson's Creek. They're Elwins. <laughs> <laughs> they're Daikini and Elwins, right? Elwins? Wasn't Elwins? I thought it was definitely something with an N or an H. We have the internet. Nagini? No, Look, that's... Look it up. Nerflerms. So, yeah, um... One of the things that this movie is famous for is the large cast of little people. Yay! Right? Um, and you'll notice, and, and so okay, maybe now is a good time to discuss nomenclature. Okay. So little people or persons of a small stature—that's mm-hmm. the correct thing. Um, midgets is kind of to like the N word to them. So it's a word that was used for a long time. That's like that you was know, used in like offensive, freak yeah. shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. So. That's not the word to use. Right. Um, dwarfs is not really preferred, although it is. It, it dwarfism is usually sometimes the things. Mm-hmm. But 
Little people is usually the... Little people. Is it weird to call it, like, the reverse Black Panther of little people? <laughs> like, it's like you, we spend, like, a good 20 minutes with them, and that's just who we see. And mm-hmm. right. it's nice and refreshing, but they intermix American and British accents yeah. throughout. And everybody's really mean to Willow. Yeah. But he has his, like, really lovely wife and two adorable kids. His wife, his, his, the actress who played his wife was so good. She was so, she was so genuine. Yeah. And she immediately, like, she's like, what are those kids doing down there by the river? Willow's dealing with the, uh, the mean, like, mayor the mean neighbor? little person. Is he was in the neighbor or the mayor? He Burgle wanted cut? his land, right? Burgle cut? Yeah, Burgle cut. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wait, say that one more time. Burgle cut. <laughs> Burgle cut. Okay, that's just make sure that's what I, I heard. It didn't really <laughs> um, uh, And so it's immediately Willow comes back to find them, and she's like, "I love this baby. We're keeping it." Willow's like, "No, send it back down the river." We and just like, found it. Whatever, honey. This is my baby now. Which, by the way, that is an old ass baby. Like that baby is almost a year old. Right. That's no kind of That's a union baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's that why. Old ass baby. Um, okay, so I find out, I found myself like during these scenes wanting to just stay in the village and yeah. see what life in the village was like, yeah, you me know? Too. Like I wanted to cuz cuz the um his mean neighbor like made reference to something like he, how he was going to take his land or whatever, and I wanted to see how that played out, you know. <laughs> and then you want to know about how the municipality, yeah, of the little people. I was so interested in all I of that. I wanted to see how the trade negotiations, yeah. right, in the Elwyn village. And we'll then, talk to George Lucas about that because I'm sure that <laughs> he, he got some notes on that. He's <laughs> like, "All right, Star Wars, we're go- we're doubling down. Finally, I'll get to Finally. let everyone know what I think about." They had to rein him back on Willow. <laughs> they did. They were like, "Um, can we cut these three pages?" is about how how these people but they like yeah they have a warrior class they're not they're even though they're small they're not weak the devil dog comes into their village and they just like take care of that you know but they're afraid of what they would do if there were more of them but they are able to like defend themselves and defeat this uh yeah they're tougher than hobbits yeah they have like they have a warrior class or whatever and uh, you know, they have their magic user or whatever. Uh, so they decide, as we said, with the bones that, uh, and they send this little group out to take uh, the bebe and take it to some sort of crossroads. And like their plan, which is a terrible plan, is to give it to the first Dakini person that they see. <laughs> just like, isn't that what you would do if you just... let, if you had like a, a baby elf? Wouldn't you just assume that you would need to give the baby elf to, to any uh, to other any elf? You'd yeah. go to the food court and find the like the, <laughs> the, the elf like you know falafel place. It's like take this baby, please. Uh, I have this baby. It's an elf baby. Clearly, you're an right. elf. That means that you're better it's to your baby. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to end up giving it to Val Kilmer, and that's <laughs> never a good choice. Never um, give your baby to Val Kilmer. No, not then. Not, not now. now. Not ever. So they so they get to this like crossroads or whatever, and they're just gonna wait. They're just gonna wait for a Dakini person to come by who like seems like they would take this baby. And the only reason they don't give it to Val Kilmer is because he's in a cage. Yeah, he's in a crow's cage. He's been left to die. Also, can we just say that Mad Mardigan is probably one of the coolest names ever uh-huh. in cinematic history? So I always assumed it's like two names that it was a, yeah a descriptor of him. Mad- like his name was oh, Mardigan, right. and if he had been like a tax accountant, he would have been like th- Thrifty Mardigan. But <laughs> <laughs> because he is who he is, they call right. him Mad Mardigan. No, that's no. a whole name. That's Watch- his- yeah, watching it with the closed caption reveals his name is Mad, Mad Mardigan. Mardigan. Yeah, Mad Mardigan. Smith. <laughs> I didn't watch it with closed captions. It's news to me. That's yes. exciting. Crazy. So he could I, even be crazy Mad Mardigan. Yeah. So I, I, one of the things I loved with, so he's, he's inside this cage mm-hmm. and he's just lying his ass off to try to get them to take him out of the cage. And I, and I love how as soon as he hears their names, he's using their names in such a familiar way. You know, it's like, 
no, 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 burgle cut. We can't do this. It's like he, he. I, I love when we see like super charismatic liars yep. in movies, and then also I love watching for those moments to where the lie drops and you, you real when they react to like what actually has happened. You, when we kind of get that in that scene where we see all the the writers of Rohan come in yeah. from a battle, and um. And he and like Mad Mardigan's been like super upbeat and positive and like just like trying to work with. Yeah, I'll take that baby. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Of course, I'll take that baby. And I then as soon as someone, as soon as soon as um, the you know the dude Eric 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 uh, insults him and uh to him and then he he basically threatened Mad Mardigan threatens him. It's like I'm gonna stick your head on a pig pole. And he just totally loses his cool, and like the whole liar charisma stuff is out the window. Yeah, well, he is a manipulator. Um, and there is apparently some like huge backstory. There are novels, so of course, of course, George Lucas is like, no, this is going to be a twelve movie thing, and I have all this story to tell. So there are books. Really? There are three more books that continue after the story of Willow that tell more of the story, and there's like, I guess, some really deep Tolkien esque history about like what happened between mad mardigan and eric and like how mad mardigan was part of that army and was loyal to some sort of thing and of course like dicked everybody over and just scampered off and and that's the i just love the idea that george lucas has got this star wars money that he just doesn't know how to use so he's just he's just ordering more willow (laughs) (laughs) novels like people are people are writing star wars like expanded universe stuff for Mm. free yeah you know, and then he that he's just got to order and and buy them like for his birthday. He's gonna get a new willow. Book. I'll have more willow, please. <laughs> uh, so yes, so but they do finally just like oh, half of the group goes home because they're like, we found this guy. Give him the baby. We're going home. Our now. job is done. We yeah. found the first human. There it is. Bye-bye. Give him up. Uh, but Willow and his one little bud stay. And then, like, but finally they're like, okay, uh, we'll just give it to this guy. Seems fine. <laughs> right. He seems okay. His, his, buddy, his buddy, Samwise Migosh. Yes. Samwise <laughs> Migosh. <laughs> so they give the baby to Mad Mardigan. He goes off. They go off. They're all excited that they're going to get medals, which apparently George Lucas <laughs> thinks getting a medal is a big deal. He does. He does. Deal. Unless you're a Chewbacca. And you don't get a medal. Wait a minute. Is Mad Mardigan the Smeagol of this story? <laughs> I don't know. I think he is. So, okay. So then, like, immediately Willow's like, shoot. We shouldn't mm, have given that yeah. baby. He's not going to be a good dad. No. They run off to find him. Sure enough, as they're walking through the woods, the brownie comes flying by. Mm-hmm. I stole a baby! <laughs> it's Kevin Pollock. And friend. And friend. <laughs> Kevin Pollock, the greatest of all brownies. <laughs> and then seasoned comedian whose name I've never known. Who's in he's everything. He's worked harder on the entertainment business than I have. He's I was, in everything. I was looking at brownie yeah. in folklore, and it's a real thing. It's a Scottish... Mm. It's a real thing from actual folklore. It's not no, like a made-up thing. It's not real, though. No, they're real. Look, I see a picture on the no, internet. No, that's Kevin Pollock. That's a, he's an actor. <laughs> they kind of the, the brownies are kind of that annoying Disney staple of like the two little the adorable comic relief sidekicks. Mm-hmm. But I did yeah. find them both cute and funny. <laughs> I, I Mission liked accomplished. Them. I liked them, and there were times when I found myself very bored of yeah, the other characters. But like half of their lines are like, "That's gotta hurt." Yeah. And oh so, no! They're the Jar Jar Binks of this yeah. world. Yeah. And... Um. So they take her to they take uh, they take Willow and the baby to the Fairy Queen, who gives them a gross wand and is like, "Take it here. Do this. Go there. You're off on your quest." This is, there were a lot into the movie. Yeah, and there's point. there's there's at least two times to where we shall not we shall now walk a great distance, and yeah. then they dissolved. Where it's like, oh, they were in forest, and now they're in snow. Yeah, like, that happened twice, and every time that happens, it's like, I think it's like, man, they must have burnt so many calories. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> that or maybe their biomes are just very small. Right. To be. I think yeah. my kids didn't have any problem with that because of their Minecraft playing. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Snow starts here, it stops here, and then goes sand. 
It's fine. Well, that's that way in Kroll, too, though. It's yeah. like, oh, look over there, a snowy mountain. Well, that's <laughs> where we're going. Uh, so he sets off. They, by chance, run into Mad Mardigan being a, a scoundrel and mm-hmm. a scallywag cross-dressing. And so meanwhile, while all of this is happening, Evil Queen Babmorbabar has sent uh, her two <laughs> lieutenants, uh, General Kale, which we can all agree, Kale is disgusting, uh, who wears a skull face mask, and her daughter, Sorsha. And these are her top two mm-hmm. go-to people. She tells her seer, the seer's like, mm, I don't know, the the bones I'm looking at say she's going to betray you. And uh-huh. Bavmore does like, no, silence, I, I can't hear I it. see a troublesome bone yes. in your future. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, bones okay. tell different stories depending on the different kinds of bones? Because they're always small bones. It's not like they're like... Well, you can't l- carry a femur in a let's pouch. Let's see what the cow bones say. Clunk, 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 clunk. Get the bone wheelbarrow. It's for that's for longer term predictions. <laughs> uh, so they're in this like pub. Uh, Sorsha comes every, in. Every that, that's my only requirement is that every fantasy has every fantasy story or movie or whatever it has to have a tavern. Right. Yeah. That's, well, then this tavern scene is is just like in Star Wars. Like he mm-hmm. walks in, he's obviously out of place. People are eyeballing him. They're like grabbing him, being like, "What are you doing here, Nephilim?" I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> Those little people. The Nephilim. <laughs> Those are angels. <laughs> Those are but I like angels, it. Half human story. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Sorsha just walks in and she's like, "There's the baby. I see it. It's there. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Give me the baby." Uh, they fight. They get captured. Mm-hmm. Wanna breed? Yeah. So okay. So that like Mad Mardigan was obviously uh, having a tussle with a lady, and then she's like, "No, no, no! You have to disguise yourself as a woman because my husband's coming home because he'd be mad if she's fooling around, but he's just gonna like anything he sees with boobs, and he's like, for me." Yeah, he, and he full on grabs his fake boobs. Yeah. And like right in front of his. So so if, are we keeping a tally? So um, we've got um, well we're coming up on dropping boiling uh, oil on on other men. Yep. Um, we've got um, racial slurs, mm-hmm. and then we've got uh, tit grabbing. Yep. <laughs> it's the eighties. <laughs> it's nineteen eighty eight. So they capture them. Off they go. Everybody's captured. Uh, there's this, like, like you said, uh, Nathan. There are the sweet moments, the little moments where you're like, "Oh, okay, I do like this." Like when Willow stumbles and Mad Mardigan picks him up and puts him on his shoulders. Like there's that's a little moment where you're like, "Oh, maybe he's not all bad. He's been a stone cold dick up until this point." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but at so, so they're blah 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 blahing. Um, is it before? Does he get dusted before he escapes and finally gets his hand on a sword? Uh, yes, yes. He right. He gets dusted in oh, the face. This is Mad Mardigan, or yeah. Uh, yeah, the dusting is is quite a ways down. It, much later. Is like a it half hour? So the uh, yeah no no the one of the brownies gets dusted with the uh, the the dust of it's and like falls the, in love with the cat. Yeah, the fairy dust, the the dust of broken hearts. But at some point. Mad Mardikin gets dusted and he like professes his undying love right. for Sorsha. So, yeah, this is like a half hour later and they're intense. What, they're what in, happens they're between in... this half hour? There's like a training montage. Is there's, there? There's the, a there's a whole like uh chase they're scene. Captured. Yeah. yeah, there's a chase scene, they get captured. Yeah, yeah. So I said the part where they get captured. <laughs> they get captured. Um Yeah, okay, so it's not that well, it's still a wait. Anyways. So but he says that he loves her. They they go to right, right. their so, smoocheroo. Right. They at this point they've been hating each other. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Oh right, right, um, right. Yeah, there's a lot of walking. Right. Um, and then um yeah, so he's trying to escape. He accidentally and grabbing all their junk gets um dusted and mm-hmm. now he's got it's basically the, the love potion dust and he looks at her. But before he does that, he looks at like a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. And so there must be, like, with this magic spell, there must be some kind of, like, preference catch, you know? Because he, <laughs> he looks at dudes. 
He looks at like, you know, kids. Mm -hmm. He looks at a baby, (laughs) and it's like the third (laughs) thing that he sees, which is a woman. So there must be some sort of like built-in preference filter. You can set the filter, right? Um, well, he did when he first sees her. He says that she's beautiful, and then he starts to hate her. Um, so it's not too long after this that he finally gets his hand on a sword and he's been saying he's this mighty swordsman. Right. And we finally get that shirt open. (laughs) How long do we have to wait to get that shirt open? Two thirds of the movie. (laughs) And he's like flipping and jumping and doing his thing and he's like hitting things with the sword and Willow's like, you are great. Oh, huzzah, you are a brilliant swordsman. Get that shirt open. Show us all the work you've done on your pictorials. I think Chrissy's projecting. <laughs> I'm not. That's that, in the, mo- the movie. That um, was the exact closed caption. <laughs> uh, and but he does fall down a lot. Um, and uh, so I, so they bobsled their way <laughs> to his. And I love the. So I, that's you, like you the have epic to scene of the movie. Like that's 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 like the classic one of the trailer moments. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. Them bobsledding on a shield. You have so Mad Mardigan falls off. You know Willow goes off on his own on on the the shield. I do and, remember that moment when when Mad Mardigan comes down the oh, mountain. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have to love that moment where an enormous snowball of Mad Mardigan <laughs> comes like, rolling it's after. It's a cylinder. It's like. a, <laughs> so <laughs> it's so ridiculous. That I really it enjoy is, it. It is like a Warner Brothers cartoon for a right. moment. Because as soon as he hits the door, Mad Mardigan pops out <laughs> of uh, the snow. Right. Oh, but they've also, they've met the witch who is who starts as a raccoon. And then, oh, right. So there's a good witch, Finn yes. Rizel. And the, Willow has the gross wand. And every time he tries to use the wand, disgusting things happen that, like, make my teeth hurt. Like... <laughs> When he turns her from a raccoon into a crow, like at mm. first she becomes like a bubbling mass. Like, yeah. It's like you when like Gizmo that? starts right. spewing other gremlins. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's disgusting. And then later he turns her from a, a bird into like all the different. She's morphing. Right. So that's, yeah. So in the that's like the big final transformation. Yeah. You know? Um, so that was the very first time that morphing was in a movie was in that scene where they oh really like having, yeah having the so that's that was the runner up to oh we can do Terminator two thousand or one that's cool I didn't know really that. it just yeah. made me think of the Michael Jackson video I know I did read it don't matter if you're black or white <laughs> <laughs> can thank Willow yeah um, I do remember reading somewhere that George Lucas literally said that he waited several years to make this movie so that the tech was right. Like the technology. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was what he was talking about. Like the special effects. So that the special effects were in the, in the right place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the story. That wasn't the important part. Right. No, but like even special that effects they... wise down the road, we get some like claymation almost in those. Oh yeah. The, uh, the, the big beasts. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called go motion for being technical, okay. but yes, you're the one who gets to be technical. I right. get to call them butthole dragons. <laughs> <laughs> you tell us what they're really called. I remember when the snowball hits the building and Mad Morgan pops out. I think my eight year old son goes, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Up until now, I was right I was, there with it. I'm out. This but, is it. And the thing that's so gross about when he's transforming her with this like wand, which is also gross to me for some reason, just how gnarled and twisted it is, is because she's going like, oh, Willow, you suck. Concentrate on the witch. You're and, doing a terrible job. And the great thing is, is that once she actually turns into a woman, her voice is still the same. Yeah. <laughs> she which just has a really high-pitched voice. She's... um. She's she, when she comes out of when she becomes a woman again. She is an old woman, and apparently she's been a possum so long she didn't know that she had aged because she still <laughs> she's was been expecting aging. to be young and, and beautiful. Bav Morda doesn't seem. I mean, she seems old, but maybe not that old. I think she's been aged because she's been living like possum years, <laughs> <laughs> living that possum life, Ugh. eating those grubs, high metabolism. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so 
but anyway, the, so the love story aspect of it mm-hmm. sort of unfolds a bit later when. Um, so so she's kind of Twitter painted by him. Having, Twitter painted. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> having uh, like professed his love for her. She's yeah. like, oh, I hate you, but tell me more about my hair, you know? Yeah. So they let her capture her. She comes to try and catch them back, and they catch her. And she, so she's riding on the horse with Val Kilmer, and they hate each other again, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, get your hair out of my face. And she's like, you told me that you lived in darkness without me. What was that all about? And he's like, I don't remember saying that, lady. I was high. Yeah. Basically. On pixie dust. <laughs> but she, like, immediately is into him. Right. Yeah. Which is troublesome. It is. But, okay, so, but I have a theory on, because this is, it's like a lot of fantasy movies kind mm-hmm. of have this to where there's true love and things like that. I think that, this is my theory, is that in, like, romance in the Middle Ages, there's just not a lot of, like, a lot no- of- normal dating going on. <laughs> yeah. And so all the, even the adults are basically, like, teenagers. Like, they still are not at their, like, second boyfriend stage. Yeah. You know? It's always kind of like, oh, what do they really think of me? You know? Or, <laughs> or in the same thing with the dudes. Like, they just don't know how to, like, process. and Right. But you also have to keep in mind that they don't have a lot of time. <laughs> right. They also don't you have They probably have a life expectancy of, like, 30, 35. It's like, you who else did she it. know? Kale? Like, <laughs> she's looking around like, this one's got all his teeth. And now that I see mm-hmm. he's popped that shirt open. <laughs> yeah. Let's so, do this. So really, we're, we're yeah. So it, it's making a lot more sense to me. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of swiping left, Tinder style in the Middle Ages. Not a lot of options. No, no you throw the bone. Probably every and dude. See if it tells you to. Yeah, probably Go and then and po- probably every dude in the castle works for her mom. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all sort of gross, you know, like <sighs> Steve. <laughs> Why Darling, why don't you? Job? General Kale keeps asking about you. Take him to sixty. The... I'm sixteen. <laughs> Are you bringing anyone to the Christmas party? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they celebrate Christmas? My executioner has a has that a grandson. Be, that would be so hilarious. <laughs> it's just all so exotic, you know. It's like, oh no, the harvest festival is coming. Oh, I can't wait for Christmas. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> when Bav Morda takes a two-hour two break from murdering everyone, uh, but they do fall in love, and so like, yeah, I always found that like really problematic and not lovable because, like, I, I don't know, I don't know if it was just missing for me or if you guys found it missing too, but like, I didn't get the sense that like Sorsha, why did she want to be? You know, one yeah. of the guys. Why? And then did why she did she flip from bad guy so to good guy? Fast. Yeah, she flipped so fast, and it's like, why wasn't she like a princess who was learning the sorcerer ways? Like, yeah. I don't think they explained to me, you know. And I didn't really feel like she had some sort of thirst to prove herself. I, she was. Oh, there wasn't like it didn't seem competitive to me between her and Kale. She wasn't like I've got to get there before Kale does. Yeah. As soon as she get there, she's like, oh, call Kale. Yeah, what we were missing was a moment of hesitation or like dipping her foot into being a good guy earlier on when they're mm-hmm. before all this, like having trepidation about the baby, like yeah. asking a question in front of her mom saying, well, do we need to really do so? And so like having some, some doubt point of doubt. Yeah. 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 That's just not about, I didn't, I then also having the moment of the mom being like, well, you know, Sorsha, if you let me down, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I just, I felt like there was more to that story that we weren't being told. Yeah. No, I think I, I felt it's in the first book, right? <laughs> I just have to read, go back to the, reading. I felt that way with a lot of the script in general. You know, yeah. it seemed it seemed a little uh, on the surface. You said that at the beginning, at the top, is that everybody was everybody's uh, choices were very broad. simple, broad, yeah. or yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, and it's also true of Mad Mardigan. Like I yeah. get it; he's this like you know Han Solo type scoundrel who's like you know chaotic neutral. Basically, he's out for himself and whatever's he's going to do. He's going to do what's best for him. But sometimes he'll make a good choice, and so we're all just supposed to be like, "No, I like that sexy bad boy. I'm I'm gonna change him. He's gonna make good choices for me and my little red haired baby that's only two days old." Uh, it's know, all part of George Lucas's plan. It, well, it is like that's the sort of thing is like these strong women who fall in love with these 
unreliable scoundrels. <laughs> and then there's like yeah. the little Luke Skywalker character who's just like, hi, I'm also here. You know, <laughs> I, I thought it was smart that, you know, Willow had his his love at home that he, you know, wanted to get home to. And that was his story. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I always found Mad Mardigan. I don't know, problematic in a way that I don't find Han Solo problematic. Well, you see, you you get to see all of Han Solo's, you know, you get to see his arc. That's the problem, is that you don't see Mad Mardigan's arc. There's too much action. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, this well, movie, I, it, this movie lacks Val on Kilmer. depth. Like, yeah. It's Val Kilmer has that thing where just like his essence, like if you could see his aura, it's like telling you that he's like deep down in his heart. Mm-hmm. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I, uh-huh. I don't know. If he's I, got this. Yeah. The bones are telling me, no, this is a bad, bad dude. All like, the charisma is, is radiating so strong yeah. that, you know, it just wafts <laughs> off of him. <laughs> and it just goes, it just goes, Kilmer. Well, and I like Val Kilmer. Like he's, as an actor, he's Iceman. He's yeah. uh, he's mm. Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday yeah. You know, he he is those. I mean, I guess technically he's Batman. I'm not sure. Um, you know, a real genius it. is one of my he favorites. Is a Batman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you can just tell, like, he's a douche. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's not nice. Um, Anyway, so I don't know. That's what I have to say about the love story. But in the end, it was both. It was a real life love story too, because Val Kilmer and Joanne Whaley got married. What uh, in 1988? So they got year- married the year that this movie came out. They have two kids together, uh, and they got divorced in the 1989 um, early 90s. But she left her career for a long time. Yeah, uh, to like essentially raise their kids, and then they it didn't work. I out had no divorced. idea. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And you can watch her as uh, uh, Sister Maggie in the last season of Daredevil. That was oh. cool. Oh. Yeah. Yes. It was like, wait, where do I know her? <laughs> Why does it seem like she should be wearing a helmet? I don't know. Sorsha wears Moving a helmet. On. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So um, they, they get to Beth Morda's castle. Right. So they've rounded up some dudes. Yes, Eric, uh, the writers of Rohan, come to their rescue. And I love Eric because, like, he shows up to help everybody, and but he's, like, he's so eager to give up. Like, they're all sort of sitting around the fire, like, making a plan. And this happens several times. So, like, sitting around making a plan, uh, and uh, Eric's like, well, this is not going to work. We're going to go. Everybody get up. It's time to go. <laughs> and then, and then like, Mad Mardigan will be like, well, wait, Eric, but what about this? And he's like, all right, fine. We're in. Everybody sit down. How are we going to do this? Well, we don't know how we're going to do that. All right, we're Everybody getting out of here. Up. Everybody up. Unsign that contract. And then Willow's like, but wait, maybe we have an idea. No, all right. Everybody sit down. Uh-huh. He was just so eager to give up. But they um, get to Beth Morda's castle. She turns them all into pigs. Yeah, so that's Which a... is also fucking gross. <laughs> it is. It's a super gross sequence. So you've, all the dudes are, there's like these half- Pig people coming yep. out, and yep. there's various stages of them and turning into pigs and things like that. Do you think that, like, um, like medically speaking, why did some of them turn slower than others? Like, do you think it was <laughs> if they had on... a big lunch, <laughs> <laughs> or, or was it based on metabolism or distance to Bavmorda? Uh-huh. Yeah, because some of them were just running around like pigs, and then some of them were really taking their time. Right, like Val it's Kilmer started to turn into a pig too, right? Whether he, or he... not they're a featured extra, oh yeah, <laughs> or just a background player. <laughs> You're right, but that was a gross. Uh-huh. It was gross. It was an awesome, gross visual effect. Right. I loved it. It it, it really and, reminded and, and, me of Crawl. Like that part where the guy deflates. Oh, gee. Yeah, yeah. It's gross. <laughs> yeah, kids need to see more gross stuff. I think Dude. a little trauma is good for them. Like, I, you know, we survived, didn't yeah. we? No, it was, it was good. And we can now we can pick out. I mean, the what we can't do is go, look at that crappy CGI. Right. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it, it, <laughs> it's awesome uh-huh. and gross. And so this is when Willow transforms Finn Rizal. From the many creatures, the morphing, and then into the, the old woman. Yep. And then she, she, so she is the one who transforms all the pigs back into people. 
I like that. I like to think that there was like a deleted scene where she's like, she's getting ready to perform the spell, and she's like, "Brace yourself, Willow. There's about to be hundreds of naked dudes." <laughs> <laughs> So they do, so they are like pull a trickaroo to get into mm-hmm. And then during the planning process there's like the worst line in the movie from Mad Mardigan where like Willow suggests it's like wait a minute in my garden I would always have a problem about blah 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 and he and he says Willow this is war not agriculture <laughs> <laughs> And he says it so straight it makes me believe like George Lucas was there it's like no 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 it, it, let's try it again yeah. cuz it Honestly, like it seems like Val Kilmer is just run. He is having a ball with this part. Mm-hmm. This is his. He's just he, and he's doing great, you know. But man, that line—it's <laughs> yeah. delivered so straight. It, that is a very Star Wars episodes one through three mm-hmm. line dialogue. Yeah, you see yeah. in agriculture, Willow, blah 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 blah. blah, blah. <laughs> Who directed this? It was Ron Howard, Ron right? Howard. Ron Howard. Yeah. Who, directed who it. Who wanted to kind of do a Star Wars movie? Sure, you know. Sure, of course. Who doesn't want to do a Star Wars movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so they they pull a trickaroonie and they somehow without Bav Morda noticing because right now because what Bav Morda is doing, she has the baby. She has the baby, and she is going to do this ritual. Right. She has to do this ritual to send the baby's soul into the nether realm so it can never hurt her. She can't just stab the baby. She right. has to potion, right. do this whole thing. Because if she but stabs the baby, then the baby's soul just goes into another baby? It goes into the next closest baby. Find <laughs> <laughs> the next closest baby! <laughs> Um, Which gets complicated, like after the 80th baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> People start to get upset. <sighs> Stomp it. I think Stop I'm stabbing I think babies. I'm done stabbing babies. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to even get a baby out of you in the in medieval? I never thought I'd say times? this, but 80 babies. <laughs> it's too many. It's too many. That's my line. Um, so, but this ritual takes apparently three days to complete yeah, because and compile because they. they uh, Willow and company dig like pits, mm-hmm. ditches Nobody's so big that they can have a dozen horses in them. Yep, a dozen horses. Unless who, they, they were also, magically dug, they trained to lay down because right. horses love laying down under a blanket with a person sitting on <laughs> in them. a fresh ditch. They love it, and no one's looking out the window. They're all just like, "Yeah, no, I turned them into pigs." <laughs> Why would we check? Yeah. I don't know, Bev Morda. It seems like they're digging pits and training their horses to lay down. I'm sure it's fine. Let me concentrate on my. Did we miss a big sequence? What, what is this? <laughs> did we? What did we miss? <laughs> With the, the the two-headed dragon. Did we miss that? Oh, no, no, that that's com- coming next because they okay. get inside the castle. So their whole ruse is like, hey, right. it's just an old lady in Willow. Bet you can't get us. Open the gate. Send out many horses. And then they're like, boo-doo, no, horses are underneath yeah. the thing. Then they run in. That's when the boiling oil happens. Then they wake up the dragon, and he turns the troll inside out, and it becomes the two-headed dragon. No, no. They're in They're in a, a forgotten castle, and there's people turned to stone because they were attacked by Bav Morda. That's, way, that's, bef- that, that's when Eric finds them. Okay, so but it is earlier because that's uh, Tis Tirislin. That's the pl- kingdom they're trying to go to. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we yeah we we missed that <laughs> we know. missed that whole section. I don't know. I think we got to talk the, about I trolls we, and two headed dragons. Battle of Helm's Deep. Is that yeah. what I'm missing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought this was all the same part. No. <laughs> yeah, because he kills the dragon, then he kills Kale, and then. And then they're in the big battle, right? I feel like that's no, a move, right? Aren't they like jumping in between like Willow in the magic room <laughs> with the two old ladies? See, that's fighting? the problem. We, all three of us saw this movie, <laughs> <laughs> we did. and it's just bleeding in. <laughs> no, so they they think they're gonna go to the magic castle and they're gonna get help from these people, and the castle's been. Uh, basically taken over by Bav Morda. Okay. Yeah, all, everyone's turned to stone. This is where we see the trolls and the big dragons. Okay, I think you're so. But he creates the Willow creates the dragon because he tries. He has the wand and he tries to magic the troll, and the troll turns inside out, complete with its skin ripping apart. Yeah, nice. it turns into a pulsating ball of goo, 
And then the two heads of the butthole dragon emerge <laughs> from it. Yes. Okay, and then they fight the dragon. Right. And then, so then what happens? Where do they go after that? Doesn't <laughs> matter because the horses are coming out of the ditches. Okay. Um, so the two old ladies are having a um, lightning fight. Very Star Warsian because you can yeah. tell that like Bav Morda using her magic um, in this ritual has aged her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, this Emperor Palpatine style. There's a moment, and as as Chrissy has mentioned, that she doesn't like pulsating goo balls that turn into other things. Or large buttholes that I try to attack you. I have a real problem with any character that is laying, like, splayed out on the ground, like, like all the way out, like, floating straight back up. I really dislike it. It scares me. Um, You're like, that's not gravity. I don't like it. And this has one of those moments in the movie where the girl goes, like, she just stands, you know. Bav, Bav Morda does? I believe it's either Bav Morda or Razel or whatever, you know, the other old Ra- lady. Razel Ghoul. Razel Ghoul. One of the old ladies, like, and, and uh, it happens in, like, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh-huh. You, know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Uh-huh. It's where it's like you're laying, the, the and magic. they just, they magic up to standing position because knees are for non <laughs> um okay well also when in the battle like sorsha's like mother no and and she's just like tries to fling her into a wall of spikes like, yeah there was yeah. also a moment missing there of her being like how could you betray me right i i thought they were going to reveal at some point that sorsha was not her daughter that sorsha had been stolen Right? She was one of the other babies that got stolen, and she just couldn't bring herself to stab it. Baby wave one. Yeah, <laughs> baby one When the first baby prophecy was made, that like they're gonna have a baby who will be your daughter. Oh, okay. Steal all the babies. Yeah. They, right. They they definitely missed a moment, or like the breaking of the bond between yeah. mo- mom and daughter. Yeah, because like immediately she's like, "No, I'm I'm one hundred percent good now." They like defeat the evil. They kill everybody with the boiling oil. <laughs> no, no, refill the oil. Get some more guys <laughs> underneath this. And then just it's so effective. Let's keep using it. Let's keep boiling these. That men would be alive. amazing where they just keep forcing people down a tight corridor <laughs> and then boil the next guys. Sad because, like, they're just, they're just following orders, they're just like the stormtroopers hanging out on the Death Star, like, you know, doing their blueprint work. They don't, they don't have any, <laughs> it's not up to them. They don't want to kill the baby, they don't even know. <laughs> uh, I, I like how all how this wizard battle it starts epic and then it ends with these two ladies, like, yeah. in the corner, just punching the crap out of each <laughs> yeah. other, like, just. Whacking each other in the face, like in a corner. Yep. Fire, ice, you're old. No, you're old. Like this. <laughs> punch, 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 punch. Um. So the evil's defeated. And it was a really lackluster, like, oh. convenient death. Like well, she's because the the way that they trick her, mm-hmm. Willow, right? The great sorcerer. Well, that was kind of nice. Sleight of hand magician. Right. Does this trick that we see him trying to do earlier in the movie where he just swaps out the baby for a bundle of for a rag. of what? For a Yeah, he did a, a pig disappearing trick before. Yeah. And that's how Willow saves the day through Stage his magic. humble power of uh misdirection right. and sleight of hand. But th- but then like Bav Morda like does the equivalent of like steps in a puddle of water and electrocutes herself. Yeah. Like it's it's so unceremonious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's kind of like what happens. Like she knocks over a magic dish, and now suddenly, the like, magic dish is full of like all the potion that she's been brewing for the last eighteen hours right. that she needs. But they, they couldn't have like Willow, like, my Tide Pods, <laughs> push her down a staircase or something brutal like yeah. that. You know. Well, because he also like there's a weird moment where like she seemingly has defeated the um, nice old lady, and she's like, "Put the baby back on the altar." And Willow's like, at first, he's like, "All right." And then he's like, wait a minute, no. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean, no? That almost worked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Help me out here. I can't. What if I say it like this? <laughs> um, so evil is defeated. And like, I don't know. I, it was confusing to me because like in the prophecy, they, they say that if they go to Tyria's lean, that they'll be able to give baby Alora Dorna, Alorna Dorna, Alorma Marna. Alora Dannon. Alora Dannon. 
to an, a nice king and Dora queen who will raise her to be a benevolent ruler. Uh, meanwhile, she has like adult thoughts inside her baby head because she can communicate with the fairies, right? Right? Did we didn't talk about that? That she's no. like, I like Willow. I want. We him. have we have not talked about like the thirty five <laughs> shots of the baby like emoting, yeah, and doing some great acting, some really top notch <laughs> baby. But acting. they const- they're constantly cutting to the close ups of this ginger baby just. <laughs> being like an adult trapped in a baby body it's uh-huh. creepy um but at the end like it's like sorsha and mad mardigan are the good king and queen who are going to raise her is that the impression that you walked away with yeah the well the i i i was just uh amused by the thought that like every time like hair conditioner must be in such short supply they only use it on like times of great celebration <laughs> <laughs> because you can always see like at the end of these movies suddenly like Everyone is looking fantastic. Yeah. And you never saw anyone like that in the entire movie. So it must be for like king and queen. Right. Like celebration events. Like bring yeah. out the hair conditioner. And then like Mad Mardigan had some high maintenance hair. Yeah. It's going to have to be combing through that. That's where the, uh, that's where they bring out the cow bones to. That's what they use them for. Yeah. That's what they use them for. Condition hair. Okay. So on a scale <laughs> of, uh, one pulsating inside out troll to 10 pulsating inside out trolls. Oof. How would you rate? 10 is good. Yep. Yeah. 10, is, 10 is the maximum. Oh, I would probably give this a five because my memory of this movie was much different. Uh-huh. I was mad at myself for, for having such high expectations for this film. Uh, but also, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not bad. It just seems so surface, you know? That was my biggest problem with the entirety of the film. It's like, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. And it just doesn't feel like there's not really a lot of character mm-hmm. growth. And the comedic bits were kind of ham-fisted because there wasn't well, there, there was that moment, though, where Mad Mardigan is having that confrontation with Eric. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's like... I thought you served no one, Mad Mardigan. I thought you serve only yourself and your beautiful, long, luxurious, straight black hair. Uh, and he says, I serve the Nephilim or whatever. We can't figure out what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Well, then we will too. Like, there's that nice moment. Sure. So I guess Boom. Yeah. There are several nice moments in this movie, for sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, there are definitely some iconic things about it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, it just needed to bake it. a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like there's there's good world building. There's good ideas. Mm-hmm. For me, it was in the script, probably yeah, in the script. I think so, too. And I thought Ron you, Howard you did. You want more muni- municipality in the little village. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yes. Saying. You wanted more Cimmerillion. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I could have t- taken a full movie in, in their village. Willowtown. Yeah. yeah. Let's learn more about that pit. Uh, okay, <laughs> Nathan, on a scale of one to ten. So I came into this evening fully expecting it to give a, a much better review. It's like after seeing the movie, it's like, eh, yeah, it kind of holds up. And then just kind of going through everything tonight, it's like, oh boy. So I'm going to give it a 5.5. 5. Oh, all right, all right. Five, okay. Yeah, yeah um, I didn't not enjoy watching it, but... I found myself thinking, God, this movie's really long. <laughs> There's a whole uh, like action sequence that we apparently we forgot. forgot. <laughs> and I completely and just... It, and it has trolls. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a chore. Yeah. A little bit. In a way that um, the previous two movies we watched mm-hmm. were not. But in terms of like holding up, I think it has held up for what it was. Oh, sure. I don't think it is... <laughs> I don't think it has changed much with time. I don't think so either. I, I think it is, I think it's watchable. Um, um, so I'll we'll go one under you guys. I'll give it a four point five oh, because wow. I wow. didn't like the gooey stuff. Um, I don't <laughs> like goo. I don't like pulsating, um, and I don't like butthole monsters. So okay, okay. So in nineteen eighty eight, uh, at the box office, the, this movie came in number fourteen. So. It didn't do as well as everybody thought it would do. They wanted another Star Wars. They wanted another Star Wars. Right. And and it was not that. But it still did really well. Um, The number one movie, of course, of 1988 was Rain Man, followed by Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Coming to America, then Big Twins and Crocodile Dundee 2. Number seven, Die Hard. 
So I bet the one line that like George Lucas insisted on was like, no, I'm going to, I'm sorry, Val. Um, I'm just going to need that agriculture. I just need you to say that. Right. I need you to say it. So I'm George fucking Lucas. Say the agriculture <laughs> line. God damn it. <laughs> 88. So where were we in Val Kilmer's trajectory in 88? Pretty early. This is a huge. Is this bump. early? Where is uh, this in Top Gun? Top Gun was before. Hold on. So I just wanted to tell you guys this. Like, so earlier drafts of the screenplay contained those things that we want. They had more background information about Mad Mardigan and Sorsha. Uh, they told the whole story of Mad Mardigan and and, um, and Eric. And and Sorsha was originally the daughter of the King of Tiras the people who were turned to stone. Uh, so she was the stolen. So those things were there. What? They just got taken out. Who changed out. it? That that one because that movie that Chrissy just described was seven hours long. Yeah, it was a real Lord of the Rings. Um, and then the uh, the second choice for uh, for the Mad Mardigan role, want to guess? Harrison Ford, Tom Cruise, John Cusack. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could. He would have been just as dickish, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could see him in that role, one hundred percent. One hundred, yeah, totally. And he would be just as dickish, yeah. Uh, almost a less masculine, more kind of passive aggressive yeah, 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 kind yeah. of way. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, what about a deep cut recommendation? Something. Well, based we just on made Willow. fun of all of them in the uh-huh. context okay. of this. So right. I, I have, I have two. And the first one is go to a Renaissance festival if you want to see what it's like to live in the village. <laughs> I think it just go started. Go to yeah. a Renaissance festival. <laughs> And, like, hang out and see what the municipality is really like and just be like, you know, hey, where are the dakinis? Ah, yeah. So I'm going to deep cut based on the fact that this movie came out about the same time as the rest of the movies that I saw once and never again, Dragon Slayer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which probably, if I watch Dragon Slayer again will make me feel exactly the same way that I just <laughs> felt about Willow. <laughs> I, I remember important scenes from Dragon Slayer that are iconic in my mind, and I remember loving that movie as a kid, uh, but I've never sought it out. So I bet it would be right up in there in that vein with Willow. Um, so I think Real Genius is a good recommendation. Like, if you want to see Val Kilmer be a dick in a very, like, Van Wilder sort of way. Yeah. It's like proto-Van Wilder. Yeah. Real Genius is a fun movie. Uh, also does not hold up at Real all. Genius, yeah. No, it's, it's not fun to watch, but I loved it as a kid. Um, and then uh, just for a Billy Barty connection, let's watch a little UHF. Uh, so I'm going to recommend um, uh, a book called George Lucas, The Creative Impulse. Okay. <laughs> it's it's about Lucasfilm's first 20 years. And it's it's full of a lot of anecdotes and stories and, like, photos. So it's, it's more of a kind of like a behind-the-scenes movie book. But it's really cool to kind of see, like, the trajectory from Star Wars uh, until kind of like the 90s. So this is kind of an older book. Um, but this is when I was like, "Oh my God, everything about all this stuff!" And then there's a ton, uh, there's a ton about Willow and all these things like Howard the Duck, <laughs> you know, American Graffiti, like all these movies. And that's where I was kind of like, you know, learning the behind the scenes stories of like all mm-hmm. these things as as a young man. So that's meaningful to you though, as a filmmaker, even mm-hmm. though the the film may not hold up, like the lessons yeah. of George Lucas still do. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Uh, all right, so Dorian, people can find you all the same places that they find me. Yes, except for with my name first. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that would be NCT, the literal figure, not figurative, literal place. Mm-hmm. If you're in the uh, downtown Mesa, Arizona area, you I'm can. Right there, you can knock on the door and I'll come say hi. That, or you can come see a show and make him dance for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, do that too. And nctphoenix.com, the website. Mm hmm. Uh, Nathan can, of course, be found. At Squishy Studios um, and at Voyage Trekkers. We just, uh, I plugged this last time. We, we just Keep did a half, we plug, did a plug, half plug. hour episode of Voyage Trekkers. It, it basically um, plays like a TV show mm-hmm. episode. Um, and you can find that at voyagetrekkers.com or squishystudios.com. It's really good. If you haven't watched it yet, please watch it now. It's amazing. Uh, and 
you know, do all those things that you know you're supposed to do. And you're like, yeah, 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 I will get around to it. Just do it. Do it now. Go give us a thumbs up. Give us some stars. Give us a like. Review it. Steal a baby. Share it. Don't steal a baby. <laughs> don't don't steal any babies. Not um, a real baby. Steal a baby if it has a cursed birthmark. <laughs> no, don't check for babies' birthmarks. <laughs> don't do any of that. But do like, like, rate, review, share, tell a friend. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. It really does make a big, big difference if you're like, yeah, I will do that, and you haven't done it yet. Do it right now. Um, we'll steal your baby. And hang out with us next time in episode 32, and we're going to have Dorian back again. I'm excited. To watch Child's Play. Woo! Ooh, for the first time. Yeah, no, first, I've never seen it. First time for both of you. I feel like I've seen everything that there is to see about it without right. actually watching it, but I will watch it. Child's Play is, of course, the first Chucky the Doll uh, slasher movie from the mm-hmm. 80s, which I saw so much when I was like 12. Hmm. Let's learn about why my psyche is broken uh, in the next episode. All right. Um, So, as always, thank you for listening. And keep the most excellent 80s movies podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other. And I stole a baby. Willow, this is war, not agriculture. Let's get that shirt open. (laughs) 